Hello and welcome to episode 8 of Passing Places. It's my personal podcast about my travels around Scotland, mainly by motorhome, sometimes by motorcycle, and with some hill walking thrown in for good measure. Now, this week's episode is uh, a day late, but it also has no music because I managed to leave home without my jingles. Probably the first time I've ever said that phrase in my lifetime, and probably the last. So there's no music in this week's episode, and I'm broadcasting, podcasting, recording from my van. I'm sitting quite late at night in quite a nice uh, campsite or caravan park called Point Sands, which is near Tainloan, which is on the Mull of Kintyre. And I'd like to just quickly run over the last few days what I've been doing. A quick uh, review of what I'll be doing over the week ahead. And I'd like to mention one or two developments about the podcast generally, including the website and my presence on Facebook. So where do we start? Let's talk about how to keep in touch with the podcast to begin with. On Facebook, I've created a, a, an open group. It's called Passing Places Podcast. So if you're on Facebook, go up to the search box at the top and type in Passing Places Podcast, and you should be able to join the group and keep buying up to date with what's going on in the production of the podcast and see other people's comments. You can also jump over onto bonnytours.com. I've added a, a test forum. It's the opportunity for you to register on the site as a member and participate in a small forum, which I'm hoping is going to just give me some feedback, but some ideas on what I might uh, be covering or what I should be covering in future episodes. So have a look on Facebook and also have a look at the website, which I'm trying to update every day or two. You can also track my progress on Twitter. My handle's at Bonnie Tours, and I'm also listed on iTunes. I now have five or six reviews, and if you could find it within yourself to... If you use iTunes, if you've got an iPhone, if you subscribe through iTunes, it does make a big difference if uh, I can get some reviews on iTunes in terms of being able to make the podcast more visible to potential listeners. So I would just love if you had just a couple of minutes to nip onto iTunes and leave me hopefully a positive review, but leave me some sort of rating on iTunes. So I now have all the audio equipment within the van. I've got my mixer, I've got some microphones, I've got my laptop, I've got an iPad, and I'm looking forward to talking to people on site in the weeks ahead. Now, the other day I was over on Loch Lomond in a campsite called Malarkey Bay, which is one of the camping and caravan club uh, campsites. It's uh, two or three miles, probably a couple of miles north of Balmaha on the east side of Loch Lomond. Now, I can thoroughly recommend visiting Loch Lomond. If you go up the east side, which is a dead-end road, it ends at uh, River Denon, you'll go through Drimmon and come to Balmaha, drop into the Oak Tree Inn, which is a fantastic place for 
a meal and a drink. And as I say, a couple of miles further up, you'll come to the Malarkey Bay uh, Camping Caravan Club site. I'm pretty sure it's open to non-members. And the facilities are pretty good there. There's a, a good um, toilet block and it's not a bad site. It's handy for me, it's not too far to travel from Stirling. So I quite often pitch up there with my daughter for a, a day or two. If you do stop off at the Oak Tree Inn, as well as uh, having a a meal and a drink, there's a very large car park at Balmaha, and it's very popular for people who want to take the walk up onto Conic Hill, which will take you maybe half an hour, 40 minutes. It's actually closed this week for some restoration work on the path, and at other times the lambing season can interfere with the, the walk too. But it's part of the West Highland Way and it's a, a great little walk just for a, an hour or two. And the views of Loch Lomond on a good day are superb. So I spent one night at uh, Loch Lomond and that was a chance to catch up with a friend of mine and his lad. So I have my daughter this week because of the Easter school holidays. So we had a pleasant evening on Loch Lomond, a very relaxed and slow morning. And my pal headed back home, and my daughter and I had, well, I had booked three nights in on a campsite called Point Sands, which is on the Mull of Kintyre, just south of Tarbert. It's a, a site that I've used before. It's quite near Tain Lone, and its main uh, plus points really are it's got a fantastic beach and views over to the island of Gia with Isla directly behind and slightly off to the right you can see the island of Jura and the, the three paps of Jura so you get some fantastic sunsets I think I've posted a photograph on the Facebook group and on bonnytours.com The site has changed a little bit since last year they've uh, knocked down the toilet block and they've just installed I suppose it's Portaloos or not Portaloos, it's a it's a permanent uh, toilet block, but it's on the sort of porta cabin model. Uh, very very good showers and it's a good facility. The main thing I like about the the site is it takes quite a bit of time to get here, so it's a, a peaceful place when you get here, and they have free Wi-Fi across the site. And how many sites have I been on where they advertise as having Wi-Fi? And when you talk to the staff in the office, they'll tell you, well, you can get the Wi-Fi if you stand upside down outside the toilet block at a certain time of night. But the Wi-Fi here actually does work, and the bonus is that it's free. So I chose this site on the basis that I would be able to get my podcast uploaded to the internet. So... If you ever fancy coming over to the Mull of Kintyre, I would certainly recommend a quite peaceful site as Point Sands. Very well stocked shop and it's a good location for popping over to the island of Gia. There's a ferry that uh, goes over to Gia. It's on all year round and I'd suggest you probably just go over there on your bicycles if you have bikes or go over as a foot passenger is only I think about seven miles long it's a 20 20 minute ferry journey 
There's a little cafe at uh, the Tain Loan side. And once you're on gear, there's a, a hotel and there's some gardens that are worth a visit, some really nice beaches. But it's a great place to explore for the day on your bicycles if it's a, a nice day. So why don't you have a look at gear? They have their own community website. The island was bought out by the islanders, I think, in 2002. And it's one of these success stories where local people are making the island a better place for them to live in and they're working hard at making it economically viable for more people to come over. They're building houses, they have their own wind farm. They, they're quite progressive as a community and I'm pretty sure you would have a, a very nice welcome if you go over there for the day or if you want to uh, go over, you can take your, your van or your car over and stay a few nights. As I say, one of the things about uh, Point Sands or coming over to the Mull of Kintyre itself is, is quite a long journey if you're coming up from the central belt. But there are some fantastic stop-off points on the way through. Uh, obvious places for me would be Inverary, which is worth a stop over. Uh, you can either stay the night or spend a few hours there. Plenty of things to do in Inverary. I would recommend the George Hotel if you're looking for a really quirky place to stay overnight or you're looking for a good pub meal and uh, if the weather's cold you'll find the, the hotel has two or three open fires in the bar which is always nice if it's a chilly day outside and when you go down through Inverary you'll come to Loch Gilphead and it's, a, it's quite a, a busy little town given its location but for me the high point is just a few miles up the road is the Crennan Canal. It's often described as the most beautiful shortcut in the world. I'm trying to remember off the top of my head, it's maybe 10 miles long, maybe a little bit more. And if you cycle or walk along the Crennan Canal or take your van or your car along to Crennan itself and watch the boats coming in through the lock gates, there's a wonderful little cafe there as well. But I really would recommend a visit to the Crinan Canal if you're in that part of the world. Now, if you're heading down to the Mullacantyre, as you head south from Loch Gilphead, you pass through Ardrishig, and then you come to Tarbert, which is another, for me, a lovely little, I suppose at one time would have been a fishing village. It's now quite a bustling marina with a very active uh, yachting community. But there are various little bars and restaurants there. There's even a cafe barge, which is sitting in the harbour. And it's one of my favourite places. And then, after Tarbot, you're heading down into the Mull of Kintyre itself. And Point Sands is probably maybe half an hour further down the road from Tarbot. And on our way down, I don't know if you were following the weather or the news last week, or the last two weeks in Scotland, but the road was actually closed by snow, so as we came down, the snow was piled up either side of the, the main road. Uh, it was quite quite amazing to see that amount of snow still lying around in the first few days in April. So anyway, we're now, we've been on the site now for, for two nights, and I'm interested to see how I can monitor this recording of the podcast and one of the things I did yesterday was my daughter Caitlin and I we were messing around and we recorded a, a little interview 
with uh, Caitlin talking about the campsite from a, an 11-year-old's perspective, so I'll let you hear that in a second or two. But it was a chance to rig up two or three microphones and see what the audio sounds like within the van. So uh, you can have a little listen to this recording. It's uh, a little bit of fun and a chance to test out the equipment. So here's Caitlin talking about Point Sands Caravan Park and what it's like for kids. Hi, we're sitting here, it's about 7 o'clock in the evening. The sun's probably going to go down over the islands in the next hour or so. And the weather today has been fantastic. We've had wall-to-wall sunshine, uh, blue sky everywhere. Probably a little bit cold because of the still a bit of a, a nip in the air. But I'm sitting here with Caitlin and I thought I'd just ask her from a you know an 11 year old's point of view what she thought of the caravan park. Uh, was it a good place to come as a, as a, can't call her a kid, let's say almost a teenager in the next year or two. So what do you think of the Point Sands Caravan Park, Caitlin? Generally, is it a good place? or a... Yeah, it's very good for kids. What sort of things do you think are plus points? Would you recommend it? Or... Um, my top five would be that the shop sells lots of sweets and chocolate. And when you say sweets, you mean all these little uh, sour things and dips and... Yeah. But also chocolate bars and... Yeah. So when I need things like rolls and other food I can get you to go because I can bribe you to go and get the supplies because you can go and buy some sweets. Yeah? Yeah. There's also a really good play park. Yeah. Like for all ages. What sort of things are in the play park? And there's like, there's a climbing frame with a slide. And there's tyres that you can climb over and swings. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty good. There's also a beach, like, which is right next to the caravan park. I think the beach is probably, for me, the best thing about the whole place. It's a lovely, long, sandy beach. Yeah. It's pretty quiet, and we keep going on about it, but you do get nice views over to the islands, don't you? Yeah. And we've been down there with the dog, having a great great time, haven't we? Mm-hmm. Good. <laughs> Had a good laugh. And it's how far is it to the beach, do you reckon, from here? Um... Just across the grass and down a bit. 100 metres or less? Yeah. So you're straight on at the beach from the um, from the van. And I've noticed that like quite a few of these sites, if you want to do a, have a barbecue or a little fire, I don't think anybody minds if you go down on the beach and do that. So you've got the added benefit of a little bit of a sense of wild camping, even though that you're on a proper campsite. So where were you in terms of your plus points? Beach, what else? Um, I'm on number four. Okay. <laughs> um, there's a track that goes around the site that if you bring your bike, you can cycle around it. Yeah. But we haven't got your bike. No. We brought it last time. Well, that's true. We were here last year when we had the bongo. Uh, it's good. Some of these sites are good because kids can cycle around and apart from the odd car or van uh, coming on and off the site, it's a reasonably safe place to cycle, isn't it? And it's a good way for you on your own to bump into other kids and meet people, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. So, are you any more? Um, one more. Um, at the play park, and as Dad said, like when you're cycling, you can meet lots of kids and you make lots of new friends. Yeah, there's also a few kids around. It's not too busy this uh, this week, but there are some kids your age around, aren't there? Yeah. So you just have to be out there and 
be confident enough to go and speak to them. What about downsides? Um, well, it takes quite a while to get here from most places. Yeah, I mean, we were probably nearly three hours or something from Loch Lomond side. Yeah, but it's worth it. Although we did stop off at one point. So it's quite a long way to get over here, but once you get here, it's worth it. So shall we come back again? Yeah. Right. Anything else you want to add? No. No? Anything you want to say before I cut you off and send you back to watching DVDs and watching the iPlayer and all that sort of stuff? No. Right, okay. Well, let's finish there. Thank you. Thank you. Right. Bye-bye. Bye. So there you have it, the views of an 11-year-old about the merits of Point Sands Caravan Park in the Mullavkin Tyre. Now, I'd like to just say a couple of words about what I'm going to be doing over the next uh, few days. I'm dropping my daughter back home tomorrow, and then I'm hoping to immediately turn around and head up north to pick up some sort of well camping spot for a night or two. And then I'm meeting a few friends on the Speyside Way, which is a long-distance footpath which runs from, well, it used to run from Spey Bay, which is the, the mouth of the the River Spey, but it's they've added an extra section on to the town of Bucky along the coast. And I walked the Speyside Way uh, as a five-day walk some years ago, but in the last few years I've been out and I've completed various sections over a couple of days, so I haven't worked out what sections we'll be doing, but we're probably talking two or three days on the Speyside Way next week with a couple of vans. So probably next week's episode will include some aspects of our adventures on the Speyside Way. So that's for next week. So that sort of covers uh, what I've been doing over the last few days and what I'm planning to do next week. In terms of the website and the podcast generally, I've been, you know, really pleased at the number of people who've continued to comment on Facebook and who have taken the time to place comments on bonnytours.com. And if I uh, make a shout out to two or three people, the problem with that is I'm going to forget one or two people, but uh, let's give it a go. Uh, I noticed that David Church is still listening to the podcast and is making comments on my site, so thanks, David. Nick Gledhill also is a, a keen follower, so thanks, Nick. And Brian Boone has been in regular uh, discussion with me, both on the website through the comments page, but also by email. And I think, Brian, you might even have uh, attempted to leave me a, a voicemail that didn't quite work. So if it was you, then perhaps you could give it another try and I could include that in the episode next week. But Brian did leave me quite a detailed email about the merits of um, electric bicycles which is a really interesting topic. So I was really keen on my cycling uh, up until a year or two ago. So maybe it's time that I switched to an electric bike. So I'll read that email in more detail and maybe do some research online. And I'll keep in touch on that one, Brian. But thanks, all of you, for keeping in touch and keep those comments coming. I'd also like to uh, mention Dave Orris. And now Dave has left me a voicemail and it's a, I'll let you hear it in a second or two, but it's a really interesting topic 
In one of my earlier episodes, I was talking about wild camping, and I'm reminded of the experience in France where the French have really embraced the whole motorhome uh, fraternity. They provide all sorts of facilities in towns and villages where you can park up quite safely at night and there may well be facilities like a toilets, toilet blocks or at least a chemical toilet disposal area. Sometimes there's electric hookup. Uh, occasionally be some form of charge, but you can basically take your motor home around France and there'll always be somewhere where you can park up safely. So Dave has just completed a holiday down in Kent and he visited Canterbury, so have a little listen to his audio. It's a voicemail he left me the other day and you can hear from Dave himself about his experience of Canterbury. Hello Kevin, I'm trying again on here because the last time it didn't send it. It's Dave from Dave and Mary. We have communicated via the Wild Camping website. I just thought I'd let you know about a little trip that we've just had. We just had five days in Kent, rather cold days as well, in the motorhome. Called it a few National Trust places and just to have a break. But the main thing is um, how wonderful we found Canterbury. Lovely town, lovely cathedral. But the main thing, in their park and ride, the Dover Road park and ride, you have 20 parking spaces for a motorhome. There's water, WC emptying points, and you can get the bus into, into Canterbury, all for the princely sum of £2.50. Really, really impressed with this. I wish we could get this spread across England, all the towns, where we could go with our motorhomes, park in safety, and go and spend some of our money and into their local economy. Seems very short-sighted over here. As you know, in France we can park and go and it's no problem. Anyway, just thought I'd let you know. Just listen to the podcast. Enjoyed listening to your voice. And I hope if me and Mary get up into Scotland later in the year, we can meet up. All the best and keep up the good work. So thanks for that, Dave. And if you're thinking of visiting Canterbury or that area, why don't you give it a try? I'm aware that uh, it's very, very slow progress in the UK, but there are other councils in England and in Scotland and perhaps Wales, although I don't know of any uh, off the top of my head, who are beginning to realise that making some form of parking facility for motorhomes is a way to encourage trade and benefit the local tourist economy. Generally, the, the the sense I had before was that bed and breakfast owners, hotels, locals seemed to resent the fact that people were almost camping free in their motorhomes. But the reality is, if you're in a motorhome, you're never going to, you're very unlikely to use a, a bed and breakfast or a hotel. But you are likely to spend within the location that you're staying in. And you're there as a visitor, as a tourist, so you'll be probably eating out, you'll be in the shops, you'll be spending money in the local town that you're visiting. And it's only a matter of time, I think, before 
places in England and Scotland really begin to catch on to the fact that motorhomes and camper vans can provide extra income to the local economy. I do know that Hoyk are piloting a scheme in the borders where they have a car park, which I think it might be seasonal. And if you know anything about Hoyk and the Hoyk ridings, there's a, a festival, which uh, I'll maybe cover that in another episode, but there are one or two points during the season where the car park isn't available. But it's an example of a, a town that are, is beginning to wake up to the fact that providing motorhomes with overnight parking as a way to bring in more visitors. So I think we'll need to come back to the whole topic, Dave, and have a proper discussion on how England and Wales and Scotland can catch up with France and some of mainland Europe. And wouldn't it just be great if motorhomes were made more welcome rather than people, you know, probably having almost a sleepless night wondering whether somebody's going to chap their door and move them on. So this episode is a little bit disjointed and it's very brief. I've been sitting here for a couple of hours waiting on my daughter to fall asleep because when I tried to record the podcast last night, I just couldn't uh, I couldn't do it when she was listening and we were both having the giggles. So I've waited till it's almost midnight and I'm absolutely sure that she's fast asleep now. So uh, I'm not sure I can produce a podcast if I have other people in the van. Up until now, Skid, the Jack Russell, has been the, the problem. But he's lying here at my feet, fast asleep. My daughter's fast asleep. And I've finally got the chance to switch on the microphone and make the recording. So um, I'm going to quit while I'm up. And just, again, uh, remind you that you can keep in touch with me. Uh, catch up at uh, on Twitter at Bonnie Tours. Uh, try out that new uh, open group on Facebook. Just type in Passing Places Podcast. You can now register on uh, bonnytours.com if you want to become a member of the site and participate in our little forum. I might make other content available. I have a whole series of videos and photographs that I'd quite like to put on that site and as a member you'll have full access to those. And if you can then leave me a review on iTunes it would be really helpful in getting the podcast out to some more people. Uh, I've been, I said this in the last episode, I've been amazed at the response so far, given that I'm only just starting out and there's lots more to do in terms of bringing in other people and improving the content. But uh, as of today, I think there's been, in the first four weeks, we've had 1,800 downloads, which, you know, I think is, is fantastic. My emails jumping. I've got people that I'm speaking to, people I've never met before. So success for me is measured on the basis of building up a little community. So I'm really pleased with the progress of the podcast so far. And I want to broaden it out to you, the listener. I want to involve as many people as possible. It's not really a podcast about me being the host. It's about trying to share it with yourself. It's almost like an audio forum. So that's my little... Uh, pitch for get in touch um, give me some feedback, some comments and the voicemail service that I keep going on about on the website I've realised, I was just testing out myself that if you try and use it on your mobile phone it's called uh, SpeakPipe and you actually have to download the application onto your 
iPhone, I think, to use it. It certainly works um, straight out of the box. If you're on the internet on your computer, you should be able to use the voicemail straight away. So don't worry about giving detailed feedback. Just pop on and say hello. Uh, just tell me who you are and say you enjoy the show or any ideas or thoughts about what I should cover. Just uh, get onto that voicemail. I've upgraded it. It was a free service for me as well as you. Uh, it was, I think, uh, a minute and a half that you could actually record. I've now paid for the service so that people can leave a message of up to three minutes and I can store them online just in case there's a mad rush to start commenting on the podcast. So please give the little voicemail a try. And my episode next week, hopefully we'll be back on time. I think I'll probably be podcasting on a Wednesday, so the show should go out on Wednesdays. And next week I'll have my jingles back. And I'm still on the search for somebody who's going to provide me with uh, jingles or new music. So if you're a musician or you've got some idea of music you'd like to hear on the show, get in touch. I've had one or two comments about the pipe music that I've been using so far. Neither comment was positive, so maybe leaving the jingles at home was not a bad thing. So I'll sign off for now, and we'll be back on schedule next week. I'll be up on the Speyside Way somewhere, and I would imagine, given the the Speyside location, that there'll be some whiskey tasting involved, so I'm looking forward to that. So in the meantime, stay safe, and perhaps one day I'm beginning to meet so many people, Online, maybe one day I'll meet you somewhere on your travels around Scotland. Take care.